On this episode of the Auto Windbags, does Josh McDaniels make it to next season as the Raiders head coach? Speaking of, fuck, Mary kill. Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham, or Dave Ziegler. Did Devontae Adams just ask for a trade? Who do we start Sunday? O'Connell or Hoyer? Chandler Jones update. And how did Juan Soto get that black eye? And we love you. Subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Uh, I'm going with some biological warfare. Uh-oh. So my, uh oh. The, the wife has strep throat. Unfortunately, but she is at she's in Kansas City for work. Jesus. So I told her we'll go into a back alley, buy the cheapest, shittiest Chiefs T-shirt you can. Go to the facility and like pay for the tour and just cough on everything. Like, oh, my God. Patrick was home. I'm such a huge fan. Oh, my God. I can't wait to meet you. She should cut the neck right here and do a Hulk Hogan. Like whenever she's like in the middle of the field, she just rips it off with the Raider shirt underneath. It's it's sneak in with a disease, spread as much as you can, and then slink out. And they'll never know what hit them. The whole like half the team gets strep throat. That happened to me in high school. Like, cause you know those freaking buses were just they were terrible. Mm. And we were just coughing all over each other and shit. And fucking like the next week, I think all of us were sick. Are you sure it wasn't from you guys practicing making out with each other? No, I think we we're banging the same cheerleaders, though. Honestly, there was like three of them that was just like the whole train. It just, yeah, man, they were lovely young ladies. One that. of you gets offense. One of you gets defense. One of you gets special teams. I always got special teams. <laughs> the big girl's like, all right, you get linemen. <laughs> the hot chick's like, all right, quarterback and receivers. I got the special teamers. The nerdy chick with the glasses and pigtails has got to do the punter. <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, question of the day. And this is an interesting time to ask it. We will pin it down in the comment section. I want to know what all you guys think. After a one and two start, some very questionable decision making in an offense that's fallen flat on his face. Is Josh McDaniels the Raiders head coach week one of next season? Let us know in the comment section because we are three games in to his second tenure as head coach or second season as head coach with the Raiders. And already the fire McDaniels signs are coming out. They were coming out towards the end of last season, but I feel like they've gained a lot of momentum. Just three games, Soto. Three games. They were coming out in the beginning of last season. (laughs) (laughs) There were people that didn't like him from the very beginning. Not a lot of not a lot of fanfare. Not a lot of fans, no. What do you think? Um yes. Makes it makes it to the season. Yeah, I don't I don't know that uh that Mark Davis is gonna pull it this soon. Not 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 because of uh he shouldn't or it wouldn't be uh 
like justified to do it because it's possible the way we've played the last two weeks especially if we keep putting out embarrassing performances like that it's very possible that it is so i'm not saying it's not possible to happen i'm what i'm saying is i think that mark davis is going to want to save a little face himself and mm -hmm. kind of back up what he said as far as you know more continuity and 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 stuff like that and because of that i think he's going to want to give it another run and but if if we tend to be keep floundering the way we have been uh yeah i think it's going to be a pretty short leash even shorter than his second season with denver his third season with us probably if keep things keep going the same way it'll be even shorter uh so he's seven and 13 with the raiders he was 12 and 20 with the broncos so he, you think he lasts longer with the Raiders than with the Broncos? Uh, twelve and twenty. Well, was it was it was it twelve and twenty or what was it? Eleven and seventeen. He was twelve and twenty with the Broncos oh, okay. in two seasons. He made it two full seasons and then didn't make and then got fired immediately. And you also, if you also remember, he started off with a six game win streak in season one. Yeah, so you're like. Holy shit, you're starting off great. Everyone's check. Oh, swear jar. You started off great, started off awesome. That's four. And even then, that's four. Cha -ching. And he had to come on and he had to like, he squandered all the goodwill of that. Like to yeah. start six and oh and not make it through the next season, that's pretty bad. And Josh McDaniels doesn't have that with us, right? He didn't, there was no like honeymoon period where everyone's jacked and everyone's winning. It was like, like you said, there was. People didn't like him before his first game and just gotten worse and worse and worse. So you think he makes it. So you think he makes it to next is the coach next season. Not only survives this whole season, stays on the team and head coach in season three. Yeah. Honestly, like we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I just think the fix, the fixes are so easy. It's mm -hmm. so simple. It's just he, the hard part is getting him to admit to it. Yeah. And to do it, um, and we'll we'll get into that. But it's just that's sometimes the simplest stuff is the hardest things to do, because uh, someone who's as as smart and as talented, and again, a lot of the players have said it. Coaches from other teams, he was the highest paid coordinator for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, people that are really smart at something don't want to admit that something so simple was something that maybe slipped their mind, uh, or something that they didn't put a lot of weight into. Uh, so they're they're fighting against it, but um, I think there's, there's I think there's too much talent, especially offensively, on this team, and uh, I think the leadership that we have is not going to let them implode. I don't think I don't think I don't think Devonte on the offense and and Max on the defense is going to let them do that. I'm just wondering, like I, I'm trying to put myself not in a football mind. I'm trying to put myself. Like I'm trying to take Mark Davis's haircut, put it on mine, and try to think how he's thinking, right? Like, because that's really the only one that matters, right? His opinion is the only thing that matters on it. So we can we can go through and be like, oh, we can make changes and we can win. But if Mark Davis is just like, we've been throttled four games in a row, or an embarrassment, the fans are are mad. I don't know because he, he has been pleading, he has been preaching continuity. The and like patience and patience for patience and continuity. The uh, the honestly the best thing going for Josh McDaniels, the best thing going for him is that the Raiders are selling out every game, no matter what. Because if Raider fans don't show up, away, away teams are showing up. The 
the estimate from most people that were at Allegiant Stadium for the Steelers game was 60% Steelers fans. Week one, or uh, ho- home opener, right? Mm-hmm. The very, like, you're like, oh, what, what's the, the the main game we got to go to at home? Like, the first one, like the home opener. We're still, we're one and one, still top of the AFC West. Yeah. The, still the, it was the, 60% Steelers. The Kenny Stabler freaking ring, you know. Yeah, like, like it was a, it was a big and day, day man. celebration, still optimism season, and Some, still. Well, one of the things, too, that we, we may not uh, realize or may, they don't, a lot of people don't talk about, Mark Davis fought his ass off. Fought his fucking ass off. That's in one for me. Oh, he fought his ass off four and four. to get uh, post-mortem inductees into the Hall of Fame rings. Is ass a swear? No, ass is not. Ass is okay. Ass is ass. ass. If, if I say hole at the end of it, then that's no. But okay. He worked his ass off to get um to get post-mortem inductees uh their hall of fame because before they wouldn't do they wouldn't give them one, they wouldn't give the family the the their the ring for, for the hall of fame player, and he fought hard for it, and that's why uh Kenny Stabler's daughter uh raised the ring so high, you know, in the pregame stuff and that's the significance of that. I'm sure that stadium full of Steelers fans were so stoked to see that. <laughs> yeah, right. Because like it, it, you know, because Mark Davis is going to lose money. Like that's that's what gets an owner the most when you get to week 13, 14, 15, and your tickets are going for twelve bucks and and a six pack, right? Mm-hmm. When it's still the most expensive seat in town, no matter how bad the team is, you buy yourself some time because you're not hitting the owner in the pocket. Yeah, I mean that's that's another thing in the in, in that's going to be in the favor of uh, of McDaniel's. But the thing is, is when the time comes, it's going to be fast mm-hmm. because McDaniel's is going to give him chance after. I mean, excuse me, Davis is going to give him chance after chance after chance, and talking to and talking to after talking to until finally he's just going to be like, "I'm done." Yeah, you're gone. It's not going to be like, "Hey, man, this this is the plan moving forward" or whenever. It's like I gave you too many chances. This is it. So I think it's, it really it's really only going to be one conversation and if that's and if that's the case that is only because those two reasons right because mark davis isn't losing money still making money because he'll make just as much you know winning or losing and two mark davis is just like doesn't want to do another redo he just doesn't want to start a new coaching search after having to do it so many times because if you look at josh with ziegler what do you do with ziegler do you just you you let him go too we'll get we'll, we'll get to um we'll get to to Ziegler here in a sec for sure and Patrick Graham but like because when you go back through Josh McDaniel's last coaching head coaching stint it's almost like it's almost a carbon copy of what's going on here minus starting out with a six-game win streak the Denver was in 2008 they were eight and eight Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall were both pro bowlers under McDaniel's they went 11 and 17 Cutler and Marshall both trade remember the, the drama of you know Jay Cutler and how that all went down and, and all that stuff, right? Fans turn on them. Vegas in 2021, we were 10 and 7 and then lost in the playoffs. Hunter Renfro was a pro bowler that year. Uh, Carr and Waller were pro bowlers prior. Not In fairness, not that season. And then now under McDaniels, we're currently 7 and 13. Hunter Renfro's invisible. Carr and Waller traded for almost nothing. Um, now we went over like why they had to and, you know, getting the third round for Waller at that point was still good. But point being, he comes in, there's talent, gets rid of him, and then loses. Like it's been the same. It's it's looked at almost carbon copies of what happened with Denver than what's happening here. If he lasts longer, 
it's because Mark Davis is just more patient than the Broncos if this same trend continues. Yeah. Um, this is going to leak into the next segment, so let's just – I'll All do right. the transition. Let us know. Comment section. Is Josh McDaniels the Raiders coach week one of Nick's of – Nick's? Next season, Soto says yes. I don't think so. I think I want him to make it through this season. Like I remember, you know, beginning of this season, I was like, look, almost no matter what he does, I think you give a you give a new regime two years. You give a new regime two, especially one that wanted to completely overhaul everything, right? Like they this is basically Patriots West. The vast majority of this roster is their guys. Um, and that takes time. So yeah. give him the two years. I think I think Mark Davis does that. Uh, and then, and then he's done. Yeah. So coming up next, um, with all this, Josh, like the, the message boards, the, the content creators, the writers, the fans, the tweets, it's almost all dumping on Josh McDaniels and with a fair reason, right? Offense has been atrocious. It's the fifth highest paid offense in football. It's the only offense that hasn't scored 20 points yet. The call against the Steelers, he made two terrible calls to end the Steelers game. Uh, kicking a field goal instead of going for the touchdown. Either way, you have to score another touchdown. Why would you do that? It was so dumb. But I don't think that's fair. Not that Josh McDaniels is, I think, doing a good job. It's just that Patrick Z Patrick Graham and Dave Ziegler have arguably have done just as bad, if not worse, between these three guys. You look at how bad the defense has been, how bad we are in contracts and drafting so far. I don't know if Josh McDaniels is even the worst of the three. Even though, of course, as head coach, you take responsibility for everything that happens with your team. Yeah. Well, I think that um, as far as bad jobs go, you'd have to go um, McDaniels, then Ziegler, then Patrick Graham. Yeah. At, at least I'm seeing Patrick Graham try new things and do new things. The defense is better than the offense. That's so yeah. crazy. That's like in almost every the category. Play, the 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 big play uh uh that the Steelers had the long the long pass. Um the defense that was called gave Marcus Epp, uh, Marcus Peters safety help over the top. Epps mm. bit so fucking hard on the play fake. Swear Jar. Uh yeah, got me. He he bit so hard on the play fake. We're gonna if this team continues this way, we're gonna have like it's a ten thousand dollar party. It's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun time. <laughs> Sorry, cut you off. He bit so hard on that play fake, and I don't. I think it was partially because Kevin watched it back. I think it's partially because maybe maybe you know Peters has lost maybe a half a step, but he also knew he had the help over the top, and when he turned around and he sees Epps. With his head down running, Peters is like, oh, oh no. Like, I didn't have the help I should have had over the top. And that's that that falls squarely on Epps' shoulders because he's got to know the personnel. He has to know that, like, okay, this is their speed demon right here. I gotta make sure that, you know, it's I said it on Monday, it's a lot harder to do a 70-yard run than it is to do a 70-yard pass. Yeah. So let let me take care of my job first. Again, do your job. My job mm -hmm. is the deep. My deep half where I am with Peters. My that's my job is not to get anyone let get anyone get behind me. And he didn't do his job on that play. That was the big play. Um, 
there was a couple of questionable calls uh, that 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 Patrick Graham had. Uh, there was like a third and two or something like that, and they had a soft zone defense. Got it? No, no. Um, Darn it! The trick is to to clap higher because they can fly up very quickly. So if it's really? right here, you got to clap up top, like like that. You got to boot clap high almost every time. Uh, but. Well, and, people, and this is not just last game, right? Yeah, We're yeah, talking no, what I'm looking at this mostly, season, last season, total package. I, I'm, I'm looking at the progression of what, what we're seeing week to week mm. without that long play, which was one a, a bad play by one person. Uh, I think we did a much better job than people think uh, as far as what we're doing defensively. Uh, I think it's a shame that uh, we don't have Chandler Jones. I think it's a shame that uh, Tyree Wilson isn't, uh, you know, up to up to doing anything other than bull rush and then nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I did see one play where he did do the Khalil Mack long arm into the chest Mm -hmm. and he did get around the defender that way. He was late, but he he's trying, which is all you can ask for, really. Well, Uh, this this is the big knock with Patrick Graham. Like there there's no money there. Um, there's, it's statistically doing better than the offense, but we also played two atrocious offenses. Yeah. Like the, like the Broncos and Steelers are like the Steelers are the worst offense in football. Like there's a very strong case that they're the worst offense in football. Sorry, I'm looking for my, my, uh, I was wondering what you were doing my cord or my, my power cord. Keep talking. I'll take over. And they took, and they, uh, and they embarrassed us, right? Worst offense in football scored that many points with PG. The big thing he's been talking about is takeaways. We want interceptions. We want to force fumbles. We want to recover fumbles. No takeaways. Only us and the Giants. No takeaways. When that was your priority. When that was the biggest thing you wanted to work on. When that was your focus. Last in offensive drives. The offense has only had 28 drives. Because the defense isn't getting off the field and giving them the ball. They've re- they've had two punt returns <laughs> in three games so far. <laughs> Yeah, and they're I mean, only like, they're only twenty fourth and they've scoring. only returned against, two punts. They've they forced more, but they 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 a lot of fair catches. They returned yeah. two punts, and it's it, it kind of like last season, right, where the defense, to, you know, um, we were 26, 27th in points allowed. That was twenty six, twenty six or something like that. Um, but DVOA, we were thirtieth, thirtieth because we played seven of the eight worst offenses in football. So it kind of skews. It. So that's I th- I think that like everything you're saying is correct, but I think things are skewed for Patrick Graham a little bit because of that. Because you're playing such awful, right? We played one good offense in the in the Bills, and it was a blowout almost by halftime. Like it was, it was that bad. Yeah, I mean that that was that was twofold though. That was our offense just putting our defense back on the field over and over again, yeah. and our defense not being great to start with. Um, so that's Patrick Graham. As far as um, Dave Ziegler goes, I don't know what it was. I don't know whose word it was. You get it? <laughs> what I tell you? What I tell you? You got to clap high. You'll get them. <laughs> high booty clapper. Um, Man, gotcha. That uh, he may be tied. Like his 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 Leatherwood might be uh, Tyree Wilson not taking you know Jalen Carter. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I I said it during the draft party that I had uh, to Carter's the pick. Um. Maybe it was a call from above. You know, Mark Davis is like, we can't do that. You know, the, the, the community and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. 
Who knows? But the JMD thing, I've been looking at it, and and to to the Renfro thing, Renfro has been getting open in this offense. Mm. He's just not being thrown the ball. So that wouldn't necessarily be Josh McDaniel's fault. That would be the quarterback's fault to not not seeing him open and not that's, getting him the ball. That's still kind of up for debate, right? Because like depending on who you ask, is it just that Jimmy G's like this or uh Josh McDaniel's like, Jimmy, this is what you're doing. I don't care who's open. This is your progression. You throw it to, you know, there's your one, there's your two. If not, there, dump it. You have no choice. Because we've heard that's the case. We've also heard that there's a little bit more flexibility than that, right? So it's well, it's hard to tell. So the, the the Josh McDaniels offense is a very traditional style of offense where he wants you to go through your progressions, right? You have your pre-snap read and you go through your progressions. So it's not like Hunter Renfro's out there running a dummy route where he's not a part of the progression, you know? He's, he's there there is that. There is him just kind of like a clear out route where all you're doing is just I don't know, man. He, out. he must be doing it quite a bit then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know because look. Well, I'll get into it now. There's there's a, a lot of things that Josh McDaniels can do to this offense to make it more effective and to, to help because the play calls themselves, had it been like uh, someone who's a little bit more comfortable and had a little bit more time recently in the system uh, or someone who's a little bit quicker making reads, I think they would see a lot more people open, especially over the middle, than what Jimmy Garoppolo is showing. And now I know that there's certain rules, like if you see Devontae out wide, single coverage, single high safety, if I can throw him the ball. Yeah. Like that's that's one of the rules. Like I don't James care who it is. Well, damn it. So the the issue that we're having is is we're not presenting our offense in a very modern way. Uh, prime examples, and this is something that may tie into Jimmy G. Two teams that use a lot of pre-snap motion are San Francisco, where Jimmy G was, and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And they don't just use motion like, let me move this receiver from here to here. It's they use motion at the snap. So when you're just sitting there, and, and you're you're predictable anyway, right? With your Josh McDaniels is predictable anyway with his formations, with his personnel groupings and stuff like that, like and Van Roten is giving everything away by how his what his stance is, you know. So if you're that predictable, but his play is so good that it, that it makes it worth it. Well, I mean, his pass blocking is great. His run blocking is not great. But RG you go out there, right? Right. You go out there, and you're basically saying we're just going to out execute you, defense. You you may have an, a pretty good idea of what we're going to do. We're just going to do it better than you. We're going to do it so good that you're not going to be able to stop it. The problem with that is. Uh, it's not like we have like a world beating team that's just physically better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And even if you were really good, like a Dolphins really talented and a, and a 49ers really talented team, any percentage that you can advantage that you can get for yourself is a good thing. So, for example, you're lining up and the defense is like, okay, here's a down and distance, here's a situation, the part of the field, this is the formation, the personnel grouping. We have a really good idea that he's going to run this play. Right, you send someone motioning out, even if they're right, even if they're right, no noticing what play that's going to be run. If you send somebody in motion, you get them to pause just a little bit, mm. something that's different, and that little bit of pause can can really help. And he's not using that to his advantage. 
Josh McDaniels is not. And, and, and like a like a, a prime example of things that he can use to build off of one another. We've used a jet sweep probably once a game, right? Probably mm-hmm. ran a jet sweep once a game with Tucker. Okay. We should run. I, I think we should run at least two jet sweeps a game. But we should run that jet sweep action at least five times a game. Mm-hmm. Because you can run a jet sweep to Tucker. You can fake it to Tucker and hand it off to Jacobs going up the middle. You can fake it to both of them and make it be a pass. You can do a lot of things out of that same action, but you're using that same action to cause pause to the defense. Make them stop and think and process things, not just, oh, this is a this is what I've been taught by their uh by the Raiders. Um uh what's the word? I have no like idea. Percentage-wise, like they're they're the tendencies. The metrics. These are their tendencies. So just use movement, use player movement to be able to help you maybe get leverage on a, on a, on a, on a, on an area that you want to get or a, a player you want to get leverage on blocking wise or something like that. Right. Or, or leverage a, a defense to get more people into a, a, a part of the zone where they don't have a lot of player of players there in their zone because you're making that motion so late, but it's just causing the defense to just stop and think a little bit. As opposed to, I'm locked in on what they're going to do, and I'm going to go straight forward and play. And and that's a big issue right now that Josh McDowns is not doing. And I think the problem is, like what I said earlier in the show, he's so intent on my plays work. Just run them the way they're supposed to be run, and they work. And he's not taking into account the fact that he's giving off tendencies, and the defense picks up on that. So he needs to switch it up. He needs to vary it up a little bit. And that's one big thing I think he can do. So those are all the things JMD is not doing, which um, doesn't bode well for Dave Ziegler because it's his team that he put out there. I think Ziegler is, I've said it multiple times, because he's such a nice guy, he's been shielded from how poorly he's been doing his job. And in fairness to him, he's the one guy that's never done this job before. Patrick Graham's been defensive coordinator a bunch of times. Josh McDowns has been offense, uh, a head coach before. Uh, Josh McDaniels obviously ran a bunch of offenses for a long time. Dave Ziegler's never been a GM. In fact, he's only worked under Bill Belichick, arguably one of the best GMs in football, right? You look at what DZ's done. All these rookies are ranked last at their position. Tyree Wilson. Or or they're not playing. Or not playing. Tyree Wilson is the lowest ranked first rounder. He was picked seventh. Yeah. Um, Almost all the contracts he's done have been bad. Chandler Jones, clearly terrible. Darren Waller made the highest paid tight end when he had two years left. Absolutely atrocious. Um, the Jimmy G contract, $33 million for a guy who's only made it through a whole season once. Like that was awful. Um, it's just like bad contract after bad con. Even Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, when he was signed, he was in the top five highest paid players ever, not including quarterbacks. Outside of quarterbacks, top five highest paid players ever now he's one of the best receivers in football so you're gonna have to pay him but that much like you couldn't get him down a little bit you couldn't you know you're just like oh here's all the money in the world the only good contract he ever did was Derek cars got him for pennies for a season and then you're able to cut and run if you didn't like him after that season that was a what that was a we were doing backflips in the hole when that contract <laughs> yeah, was, I was done I like, was pumped about oh that. man 25 million for a franchise quarterback that's amazing that's so that was a great contract other than that, and I know you know you you just I even like the Hunter Renfro contract better than you do. 
even that one's starting to look not great. You know, whether that's Ziegler or McDaniels or Hunter, that's all for discussion. But the way Dave's and he's supposed to be the dude keeping this team together. You got Chandler Jones losing his mind. Not that it's all on Ziegler, but he's supposed to be the the man's man. He's supposed to be like, all right, Josh McDaniels is kind of a robot. Let's have Dave, Dave Ziegler be let me get my arm around you, right? Big Josh Jacobs, 12 million when you had him for 10 1, and there's literally nothing Josh can do about it. It was just like, here's money to make you happy. He's done awful across the board, contracts, free agency, and drafting, but no one's talking about it because he's like a good dude. It's gonna yeah, you know, it's like the, the the big three that got me, and you mentioned all three of them, is Josh Jacobs, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tyree Wilson, and they've all started slow. They all missed the majority, if not all, of training camp and preseason, but the problem is you knew that coming in. You knew Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to be ready till late in camp. You knew Tyree Wilson wasn't going to be ready to practice until late in camp. You didn't get Josh Jacobs signed, so you knew the probability of him getting signed before camp was over was pretty, pretty slim, right? So you, what was your backup plan, your contingency plan? What was your plan as a coach, as a GM? What was your plan to make sure – you don't just rely on them and say, oh, well, they're starting slow because they weren't here. Well, yeah, yeah you knew they weren't going to be here. You knew Tyree Wilson was going to be a little bit behind. You knew Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be a little bit behind. You knew that Josh Jacobs was going to be maybe a little a, a half a step slow because of his timing and and uh, his continuity with the offensive line. Like you knew that was going to be an issue. What what did you plan? What did you plan ahead for? And it doesn't look like they did much. It's just like the same thing that we talked about with Josh McDaniels is this works. Let's just keep practicing. Let's just do what we're supposed to do better. And I don't know how long you go with that same strategy. Not that maybe they're not. Let's just say Josh McDaniels is right. Let's just say my offense, his offense does work. They're just not executing properly. If you keep hammering home the same message the same way over and over, that's when people start to tune you out. You have to switch it up a little bit. And it, it doesn't matter what you're saying. It's it's what the person receives and 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 what they retain. And if you're just coming at them with the same boring stuff over and over again, like Devonte said, I'm tired of talking about it over and over again. I'll, it's, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's just get it done. And that's that's my main concern right now. It's not the offense. It's not the defense. It's it's how Josh McDaniels communicates what he wants to get across to the team. And how the team receives it, because that was the big issue with him in Denver. That seemed to be a big issue with him last year with Carr and with Waller and who knows how many other people. And it seems to be to me like something is just not getting communicated properly. Because I do see a lot of I do see Renfro. I saw Mayor wide open, like he Mayor's not a very good blocker, but he can run a route and he juked the sh Start. Nice job. You well like done, that? Spoto. You're learning. He, he is self-aware. He juked the crap out of. Uh, I think it was a, I think you're going to be like a like a you're going to be like a high schooler from Idaho that has all these replacement words. Yeah. Ah, shucks, fudge, <laughs> fiddlesticks. Yeah, and um, frig. The, ah, there's frig. there's people getting open in this in, in in these plays in this scheme. They're just not getting targeted. So my biggest concern is not the plays. 
it's it's the communication from Josh McDaniels. Okay, swear jar off. No, no, you can't do that. No, no, because it's because it's the name of the game. Because it's the name oh, of the okay, game. Okay, okay, swear okay. Swear jar okay. off for name of the game. Fuck Mary Kill. Okay. Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham, Dave Ziegler. I would marry Patrick Graham because I honestly think that he might even be a better head coach than he is a defensive coordinator. Mm, you're getting him young. Like you're like, oh, I'm gonna marry this guy when he's in like medical school because he'll be a doctor one day. And yeah, right. It'll be worth it, dude. I, I heard a lot of people say a lot of really good things about Patrick Graham at the Senior Bowl. How he communicated, how he ran practices, how he uh, communicated his philosophy, what he wanted his offense to do, what he wanted his defense to do. But then he let the coaches take care of it from there. That's something you want to grow with. Yeah, right. Hold uh, their hand on a park I, bench. I would, I would bang. Uh, I would bang JMD because his offense is getting people open. It's a mm -hmm. communication. I don't want to have to talk to him afterwards. Yeah. Just give him a little sh sh and hit the, hit the road. Uh, Ziegler, his, his drafting has not been looking too good, man. Yeah. Uh, the job. Kill him? Those things. Yeah. Executed. Him. I, I'm with you with Patrick Graham. You know, he's, he's I'd marry Patrick Graham. Incredibly intelligent. Seems like seems very level headed too. seems like, all right, I can. I can go through the hard parts. I always think like, who can I marry? Who could I do an international trip with and not want to rip their face off? And I feel like Patrick Graham's that kind of guy. I would actually fuck Dave Ziegler because I think he's charming enough where I wouldn't have a choice. Where he would just like charm my pants off and be like, okay, I, it's done because he's just kind of like the charm, most charming one of the three. And I would kill Josh McDaniels so he would never have to coach in this league again. So I feel like I'm taking one for the team. Like I would do i'd be like i would i would kill him but i feel like it's i don't want to kill him but i feel like if anything is going to be a favor to the rest of the league it would be killing josh mcdaniels but wait a second if if he's no longer our coach he's somebody else's coach and you want that right well he'd be a, he'd be an offensive coordinator somewhere really and be good there mm. like if like if he if this if this season goes south does he ever get a head coaching job again he might after what he did with denver and Las Vegas. I mean, maybe he stays till he's 70, maybe, right? Yeah. If he wants he's to what, 47? 40, 47? Something like that. Something like that. I think he's a he looks young. Older. He's got that baby. He's got that baby but face. Look, man. All right. Like the, uh, Dave Ziegler, I don't get, I don't get back charmed. On. Okay. I don't get charmed by, I don't get, I don't get affected by charm. Like a oh, stripper comes up to me and tries to chat I me do. up. Like, listen, babe, I need to see some lip. You're all business. I got to see some lip. Nip, lip, nip. Nip, nip or lip. I can't, I got to see one of the two. And then here comes my tip. Yeah, both of them. I, I can't. You can't. You're not gonna chat me up and have me drop. I have two tips up. in my pocket. One's in my wallet. One's in my zipper. This now is my here's rifle. the most. This is my gun. Here's the most depressing part of this conversation, and we're being very depressing. I know. I'm sorry, but it's been that kind of week. Here's the most depressing part of this whole conversation. Is the problem bigger than the coaching staff? Is the problem at the top? Is is the Raiders organization with Mark Davis's owner? a front office that was constant turnover. We heard all the drama that went on with that front office. Um, last 20 years, only two playoff appearances, 0-2 in the playoffs. Is there a culture problem in the Raiders, whether it's Mark Davis himself, just kind of a grassroots thing that's just buried into it, which, again, you still have to blame Mark Davis. Are these three guys not the problem? Is it the Raiders as an organization? I think those three are a problem and if not they're not problem. 
and if they're not doing the job they need to do, the it, it just rolls up to whoever hired them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems it's it's a it, it just seems like it's it's a hokey thing. I'm going to hire John Gruden, and he's going to have the keys to the castle. Mm-hmm. It's a hokey thing to do to get a guy who hasn't coached, and I don't know how long, out of the booth, and not only let him coach my team, but let him pick all the players, let him pick, you know, the furniture in the offices, let him do, let him pick, let him do everything, right? Yeah, that's kind of a gimmicky thing, right? Another gimmicky thing. Let me grab a a, a, a pair of guys from New England. One of them who's never done his job before, and another one who didn't do the job very well when he had it the first time. It just seems, and I'm not saying that it's not going to work out or it can't work out. It just seems very gimmicky to me. Yeah. Um, the last time, the the last because everyone I hear this a lot. Oh, we've been in rebuild mode for 20 years. No, not really. We've only done a rebuild the last 20 years once, and that was with Reggie McKenzie. Mm-hmm. When he deconstructed the, the 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 first year or two, he deconstructed the the roster, and then he started reconstructing it again with like the Mac and Carr and Cooper picks and stuff like We've that. We've never had a coach long enough to do a reconstruction. Like coaches yeah. that do reconstructions are guys like, hey, I've been here eight years. I got you a Super Bowl. It's time to start over, right? You have a new coach. You need to win. You got to win right away. Like that's the job of a new. Co- I got I got to prove my medal out of the gate. We haven't had a coach here long enough. To have to earn the cachet to be like, hey, we're gonna suck for a year and a half for two seasons, but I got a plan. Like no one said that cachet. Yeah, and look, maybe he's giving that to Josh McDaniels, knowing what's going on, knowing what's happening. Maybe I don't know. I'm not saying I want it to be that. I'm 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 saying I'm I'm leaning towards him not making the adjustments he needs to make personally, mm-hmm. as a person, and as a coach to communicate. I don't think it's that. I don't think that's going to be him. I think he's very like black and white. We just need to do this better. Here's the problem. Here's where you messed up. Here's where you messed up. Here's where you messed up. We need to be better. We need to be better. And and it, it kind of gets foggy after a while. So ultimately, just like this season right now, on the field, the players affect the play a lot more than the coaches affect the play. The players are the ones on the field. They need to execute the play. Unless it's like super garbage, like, hey, we're running a jet sweep on, you know, fourth and goal, right? Uh, this is stuff like that. The players are the ones that need to go and execute. We're kicking a field goal down eight with oh, two minutes God. left. So I mentioned Twice. this on Monday. Look, since 1994, right? Since the, since the induction of the two-point conversion in the NFL in 1994, a team that was within the 10-yard line, down eight points. I thought it was the five-yard line. No, I thought it, it was, was, it was five yards eight. to a first down or... or well, five yards down. to a first, but they were on the eight-yard line. Okay. So with within the 10-yard line, eight points or less, or no, it was eight points, down by eight points, three minutes or less in the game. The coach elected to kick the field goal one time, and that was Josh McDaniels. He's a groundbreaker. One thinking time, outside, 30, thinking outside the box. Thirty seasons of that scenario, an innovative. Where, hey, touchdown and two point conversion. Nope, I'm not going to do it. So it's like if you kick the field goal, you still need a touchdown. Yeah, it's you still like, need a touchdown. Look, what? 
Like Look, I've I've seen I bad ran decisions. Those scenarios already. I read those scenarios. It's ridiculous. I, I've seen I've seen bad coaching decisions, but I can be like, okay, I can understand the thought process. You're wrong, and it was dumb. But at least I get like at least I get where you were going at. Like the Tyree Wilson pick. Like I understand the thought process. Yeah, you can't take Jalen Carter because of the car crash. The 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 car is basically still smoking, right? Like Ruggs hadn't been uh, uh even sentenced yet. Like it was, it wasn't that we didn't have the finality yet of that. That was still hanging in the air. Terry Wilson was an athletic freak coming off an injury. Your doctor saying he's going to be okay. I, I, I can follow the logic, even though I don't agree. I can follow the logic. No it, logic it to Josh. It, no logic. Because look, if, if you go for it and you, and, and you, and you don't get it, they're still on the eight yard line and you have a lot more time left on the clock. And his, and his, ex, and his, did you see the post game? Where he tried he to explain it twice. What you do? It was even worse. He's like, "Well, I, I I trusted my guys to get the stop." Well, so then you don't trust in your offense to get the eighth, like. So you trust your offense? Yes, such a BS offense to, to get the ball on 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 their side of the field and go down and score a touchdown, but you don't trust them to score from the eight yard line. And you trust your defense that's been getting eviscerated by this terrible offense all game which is exactly what happened right got the ball Steelers got the ball and well with like you know we have 10 seconds left or whatever when we got the ball and then our own like 20 or whatever it was yeah it doesn't make sense man look if if you if you take the points off the board after the first field goal was made then you're telling I'm gonna go for the touchdown because I already had those three with more time on the clock Mm -hmm. so if I'm gonna take this and it's automatic first down and I'm gonna go with it I'm gonna go for the touchdown Maybe that's the thing that's going to get him fired. Cause like, I feel like what, what got Dennis, like the final nail in Dennis Allen's coffin was going for that like 70 yard field goal. Remember that? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Seabass go for like a 70 yarder. And I think that was like the nail on the coffin. I think, I think soup, I think NFL owners, they think in, in embarrassing big terms, like, oh my gosh, my guy did this one giant dumb thing. And they look for just giant warts as opposed to, you know, even if you don't agree, like what's wrong. Yeah. Even if you don't agree, if you can explain it away, even if you don't agree with it, Mm -hmm. then at least internally you save the little face. If you can't even do that, then now it makes you as the owner look bad because you as the owner could say, you know what? Look at what he did. You see that stupid stuff that he did. I had to get rid of him. Yeah. But as long as you can explain it away. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, and, and JMD people. doesn't feel like he has to. That's the thing. Like that's that's the Patriot way with the media. Is you don't owe them anything. Don't give them squat. Don't say anything. Yeah, like he doesn't his, feel like uh, he has on, to. On Monday, he said, "I can see how you can uh, look at that and question that decision." Like what? What do you? That's as good as him saying he was wrong. It's always fun when you got a guy that's trying to argue against math. Our uh, our friend uh, Ryan McKinnell, who's been on the show, big Bears fan, rough one, right? And he has this like theory in blackjack that you have to play the rush. Like if you win two hands in a row, you got to double your bet. You win three in a row, you double your bet. You play the rush, right? And then like, look, it's gambling. You're always down forty eight percent to the house, right? But he's trying to explain. He's like, well, that's how you make money. That's how you win. It's like you realize you're arguing against math. You're arguing against math. Like your odds of winning the next hand, unless you're card counting immaculately. Don't change. They're mm-hmm. exactly the same as the as the hand before, the hand after, the hand ten hands in front of you, the hand you had ten years ago. 
as long as it's, you know, a three to two table and same decks, whatever. Like it's the same odds. Like you're arguing against math. Like your theory is saying math is wrong. You can't win when your argument's against math. That's Josh McDaniels. Like you can't argue against math. You put yourself in a position where you needed one touchdown. If you kick a field goal, now you need another. You still need a touchdown. You still need a touchdown. You still and need at least, to drive and go down where you already were. And and even if you and and don't you want to know where you're at? Like even if you miss the touchdown, you know exactly where you stand. We need to defense needs to stop, and then we need we need eight points. Now you're just like, all right, we're in this weird position. Like you can't argue against math. You just sound dumb. So, uh, um, yeah. one of the last times I was in Vegas, I was with our friend, who's a big Bills fan, and we were just sloppy and we're like listen you want to play this you want to play this like thumb and louise i'm like sure man let's do it so we were like if we lose we're gonna ride our car off the cliff. we were we were we were doubling down on like 12 and 13 we were splitting like 20s like That's yeah so win, you can That's win twice to play you can win twice and we were doing it and we were winning i won a lot of money that night it was crazy so sometimes math doesn't always win <laughs> uh so Devonte adams he's still playing lights out two nice, touchdowns so on sunday he's the man he's just the man um so he was obviously not happy with how this season's going and he was asked about um just kind of overall what's going on with the raiders in the locker room after the steeders game as we had to say i don't act like he's all crazy it's, you know it's week three but i don't got time to wait around it's not a personal thing. I mean, it is a personal thing, but it ain't just about me. But, I mean, it's not my mentality to sit here and try to take all season to figure it out. You use these early games like this to establish our identity, and we, uh, we're not doing things the right way to, to establish a winning culture um, early in the season. So we got to do something to, to turn that around. Doing something about it so that when we go out there the next time, it looks different. It's not supposed to just be a week of just talking about shit. We got to go out there and do it. You know, that's that's the that's the theme of this year is doing it, not just talking about it and figuring out what we need to do. We did all that last year. This year we gotta be about it. Dollar in the swear jar for Devonta Adams. We'll send him a bill. Dude, big ups to freaking CBS eight for just letting it roll. Let it roll, baby. <laughs> Let it roll. It's Vegas. There's no rules. Uh did he just ask for a trade in a very subtle Devontae? Because Devontae Adams doesn't get emotional. Devontae Adams doesn't so. cause a stir. He doesn't like he's he's an assassin, right? Like he's just like he's very logical and everything's pointed. Did it sound like he wants out? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Initially, I thought that was a jab at Josh McDaniels. Talk, we don't want to talk about him to go out and do it, but the going out and do it part is a player. A player mm -hmm. needs to go out and do his job and execute properly. Building a culture. I know he's a big, he's a very big, a, a lot of his interviews have been very player centric. Yeah. Um, we need to go out there and we are the ones that make the plays happen, right? The, the coaches drop the plays. We need to go out there and execute the plays properly. So I think that there's a couple, some people on the team that maybe aren't doing what they need to do. Talking about building a culture, players don't look, leadership looks at leadership to build culture. Right. That's what that's what leadership does. They look at the leadership to build the culture. Oh, we build the culture. But the players know the culture is them. We are the culture. So I'm thinking he's 
thinking about the other players on the team now, now that I looked at it a couple times. So I could buy that thought process. And maybe I'm digging too much into it because anytime Devontae says any, anything, he's I, pretty I, straightforward, I, dude. I, I hang on every word, right? He's, he's pretty straightforward. He's not cryptic. Like, you know, Josh Jacobs, when it was in the thing, he was like cryptic tweet, certainly not like a Chandler Jones, he ripped right? His front he's, office already this off season. So, and, and, and we know when he wants out, he'll get out. Like that's how he got him. Right. He was in, he was yeah. in green Bay. He's like, all right, my window's closing. My, my quarterback's leaving. I'm out of here. I'm going to go play with my college. He's, right? he's grandfathered in. He said he's, he's at the big table. So he'll, so he, he gets what he wants and he'll, he'll take it. Right. It wasn't until this article came out. Vinny Bossignori put out this for the Las Vegas review journal. Devonta Adams takes mentor Michael Jordan's advice and calling out Raiders. And in the article, they talked about how it's like, well, he was talking more about players, talking more about culture. He wasn't jabbing at the, the front office or the coaches or anything like that. Because it came from Vinny, who's always he's on this, he's an insider for the Raiders organization. He's like, when Josh McDaniels wants something out there, he calls Vinny, right? He he, gets, he always gives their perspective, right? This makes me think even more so that Devontae Adams was talking about ownership coaches, etc. Because this feels like a Justin Fields type thing where he said how he felt, got a talking to, got the talking points out, and changed his story. It feels like that to me. And I can certainly be wrong. We're, we're dealing with 40 seconds of a very heated Devontae Adams and trying to decide if he's making like $10 million decisions based on mm -hmm. that. That's what it feels like to me. Is I think what he said was... In the in, what Devonte what Devonte Adams said originally was how he felt truly because the emotions made him honest, and then he came back and said, "Well, I actually meant this." Cooler hails prevailed. I think he got his talking to. You know the old saying like, um, "A drunk man's words are a sober man's thoughts." Mm -hmm. I feel like a football player's words post loss are a football player's thoughts pre-loss that makes sense like, i feel like whatever like when you get when you lose a football game and you're fired up and he had a great game you're like what else can i possibly freaking do what else do you want me to do to make this team succeed i'm doing everything i can i'm getting hospital balls thrown at me by jimmy g constantly and i'm putting my body on the line and producing constantly like what else can i possibly make this team win and then this happens and he's like what like imagine that frustration Imagine that level of frustration. I think I think that Devonta Adams has been around long enough to know what he can and can't say, and when it's going to be effective. Mm -hmm. And since since he's grandfathered in, you know, he's got a seat at the big table, right? Um, I don't. I think he's got an open door to that to that coach's office. And the GM's office. I think he's got an open door walking whenever he wants. I don't know that it's it's necessary for him to do that in in the media. Uh, that's why. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think he was like super fired up from a frustrating loss, and we got him <sighs> broken. That's wrong. Wrong word. Just kind of like his guard was down because he was so mad. He just kind of like bleh, like he blurted out something that you know better than to blurt out. Cause I'm with, I'm with you 100. percent I think I think he's he's like a godfather around there. He's that good. Yeah. So 
open door policy. And that's going to lead into our next one. Like, is it O'Connell or Hoyer? I bet you if Devontae Adams walked in to Josh McDaniel's office right Let's now. Let's go Youngblood. <laughs> or either one. Either one. Hey, hey, I want Brian Hoyer to start on Sunday. I want Farva to start on Sunday. I think Josh McDaniels would, would do it. He should. Like, he needs to. That, right? Like, either way. Right? Like, regardless of who Devontae wants. I think he has that kind of cachet. It means that much. That if Josh McDaniels is kind of on the fence either way, Devontae can come in and be like, nope, we're doing that. I'm I definitely he'll have input. I definitely he'll have input. Um, I just, uh, I think in that case, um, the coaching staff would then put together a game plan to make the decision work as opposed to what's the, the, the decision going to be. Yeah. Uh, because we still don't know, which leads us to the next one, right? Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. In concussion protocol. It was one of those weird ones like uh, Josh McDaniels in the postgame presser like didn't even know, or not the postgame presser, but the next day when it was official that Jimmy G was in concussion protocol. He didn't even know what hit it was. Nobody knew. He hadn't talked to him. It was one of those weird ones. It wasn't like uh, Tua last year on Thursday Night Football. You're like, okay, his brain just got turned into oatmeal on that play. <laughs> like we, The entire world saw Tua Tagovailoa like, He's gonna forget. He's gonna forget where his car keys are for the next month after their hit. Right? There wasn't that moment with Jimmy G. It was kind of like, oh, like he took a lot of hits. You know, which one was it? We don't know. Either way, he's in concussion protocol. We don't know who's gonna be starting for us on Sunday. Um, I will say this though: no player this season that's been put in concussion protocol has played the next game. Every single person put in concussion protocol has missed a game. Um, and it's hard for quarterbacks to get out of concussion protocol. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna. He's gonna be in there for at least a week, at least. And I mean, it felt it like one of those. Really, I, look, yeah. those last two throws that Jimmy G had were way. The last three throws were way off. Mm. Uh. He was probably concussed. He probably wasn't in his right mind when he threw that ball behind and over the head of Devonta Adams, five yards out of bounds to uh, to Jacoby Myers, and then threw it up to Devonta to get. He kicked. just he wasn't concussed. He's just playing so bad that that's how he's saving face. <laughs> he's just like, it honestly, give me something. Look, hey, I was, I was concussed. Hey, yeah, I was concussed. I said he would play fifteen games. Mm. It's starting to look like it's not going to be a good prediction for me. Uh, you jinxed him. You yeah, I may him have. I may have. Um, I don't know that that a concussion when you've never had one is part of being injury prone. I just think it's the fact that Pittsburgh beat the shit out of him. I swear stopped jar. it. No, you said it. That's a swear jar. Damn it. I'm not going to count that one. Damn it. It's not a it's, swear word. You're right. Is it? I'm giving you. So I grew up in wait, a. Wait, wait, wait. Can we not say damn it? I, I think it's fine. I, I was I was messing with you because I, I grew up in a strict Mormon household where "butt" was a swear word. Really? Yeah, we were really strict, very strict, and it was also the late '80s, early '90s. Where thing, you know, bro, I'm we older than you, like, and I was watching like Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like five years old. Not us, not us, not these. Blame my gangbanger uncles for that. No, strict Mormon household couldn't say "butt." 
I almost feel like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's concussion was like a, like a courtesy concussion for throwing all those hospital balls to Devontae Adams. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got, you, I got your helmet-to-helmet hit. Let me get a concussion to make up for it. Dude, I watched the tape back. He got hit hard a lot. And it wasn't, it wasn't that he didn't have time to throw. He had time to throw. Um, he's just not going through his progressions very fast, man. Yeah. And um, it was easier for him to go through progressions in San Francisco because so many people were on the move and the the de- opposing defenses were in react mode as opposed to being proactive because they knew what was coming Yeah. because of the motion, because of the movement. And I think that's something that Josh McDaniels – look, Josh McDaniels is smart enough offensively to be able to incorporate these things into his offense and to make it work. But will he? Will like he too admit stubborn it? to do it? Will he admit exactly? Will he admit to it? It took him – remember, he took him four weeks last season to do what we said after week two. Like And hand feed, Jacobs the ball. Feed Jacobs. <laughs> feed Jacobs. It was four, it. Se- four games. It took him four yeah. games. Like, after game two, we're like, why – like, Josh Jacobs, he's like 5.8 yards per carry. He's like breaking every tackle. Like, why don't – Give it to him. Like what you're doing isn't working. Took him like another two full games to be like, oh, okay. Uh, so who will start on Sunday if Jimmy G can't go? I put up a poll on our YouTube page. Who should start for the Raiders at quarterback this Sunday if Jimmy G can't? Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell. Doesn't matter. Down to the wire. It was super close. Very close voting. Uh, 2% Brian Hoyer, 7% doesn't matter. 91% of you windbags say, give us Farva. And I get why. One, well, it's to like, be fair, wait, wait, to be fair, there's a fair, lot of yeah. mail-in ballots that have not been cu- counted yet. Okay. Okay. Got to make sure that just, okay. Preliminaries. It might be 91 and a half percent, right? Continue. Yeah. The Southeastern District of West Virginia hasn't tabulated their votes yet. And I get why, right? Brian Hoyer's 0-12 in his last 12 games. He wanted to retire last season, and Ziegler, or, uh, McDaniels begged him to come back. Like, hey, I need you to hold a clipboard and teach these, you know, this new blood the offense. But it's got to be Aiden O'Connell, right? Like, you know Hoyer sucks. You know that. We still don't know what we have with Aiden O'Connell. We have a spark and a glimpse preseason right like it's a spark in the glimpse but you Here's, know what you have with Hoyer yeah so kind of along the same lines as what it was I was talking about earlier if Hoyer is more used to this system than Josh then excuse me than Jimmy G was because Jimmy G has been in something different the last five years I can see where you go with Hoyer because like I was saying there are people open if you go through the progressions. So there's that. I'm not saying he's talented enough to make all the throws and to, to make a play himself when he needs to. It's going to have to be within the confines of the offense. Yep. And uh, on the Aiden O'Connell side, he has not seen full NFL regular season speed mm. yet. So there's that. Now, on the opposite side, we saw Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell play with the same teammates, play against the same defense in preseason, and Aiden O'Connell looked like the 18-year vet and Brian Hoyer looked like the rookie. 
And this also goes back to Dave Ziegler and atrocious roster construction. You give $33 million guaranteed to Jimmy G as a bridge quarterback who has only made it through one season as a starter, not getting hurt until this one, right? This one's still up in the air. Well, look, you don't want to give him credit for the half a season he finished the one full season. season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. One one full season. He sat one game because they were they had clinched already. He sat one game the last game of the year. He played 15 games that year. No, no, no. That's not the year I'm talking about. It was the No, he won he played all those games one year and the next year or another the not the next year, but the year after, he played 15 games, but he only sat one game because they had already clinched. No, no, I'm not counting that year. He did he only did one season completely unhurt. As a starter, all game, right? Because you know how he came in halfway through the Niners season? Yeah. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is he played 15 games that second year I'm talking about. Either way. Either way. <laughs> That's why I understand what you're trying to say. Either way. It's more Jimmy, than G's, got a, Jimmy G's got a reputation. He's and you're like, okay, right. let's let Jarrett Stidham go, who played really well against two of the best teams in football last season. Let's let him go. He's getting not that much from Denver. Easily something we can match. And then bring in Brian Hoyer, who's lost 12 straight starts and a fourth-round rookie. And this is before the preseason when we started getting really optimistic about Aiden O'Connell. Talk about atrocious roster situation. Like, Jimmy G has a reputation. If you're a backup quarterback, you should be begging the Raiders to play. Like, hey, sign me to the Raiders because that's the best chance for me to play with Jimmy G as a starter. And the best you can do is... Brian freaking Hoyer and a fourth round rookie. Well, we got lucky that Farva showed a lot of promise. Again, just preseason. We're trying to temper expectations. But man, he looked good. It's, it's he sure hell did look good. He looked good enough where it's like, give him a shot. Let's give him right. Let's this is the exact sit. This is it has to be Farva. This is the exact situation where you say, okay. You gave us all the possible hope you can with the limited situation you're in NFL preseason, which we know means nothing. It means tiny, minuscule pinch. Like, okay, let's see what you got. You got a really good defense in the chargers. Let's see what you got. This is the best opportunity to take the training wheels off of Aiden O'Connell and see if the preseason was real or an illusion. This is perfect. It's a no brainer. It, it really does make a lot of sense, and it kind of falls in. Everything fell into place, worst-case scenario things, and it just it just makes a ton of sense. Uh, I don't I don't know whether um, it's necessarily true that this is what they wanted to happen. They wanted someone to just come up above and 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 someone get hurt, but. When you saw what we what, what we saw from Aiden O'Connell in the preseason, and we saw how O'Connell and 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 Hoyer look playing with the same players against the same players, it's it's really a a, a, a no brainer. Honestly, um, I still don't understand why you don't just stash even if even if you even if you want Hoyer on the team, why don't you just stash him on the practice squad? No other of the thir- no one else would pick him up. No, he was going to retire. He's lost 12 straight games. You've, oh, Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell? Brian, Hoyer. Oh, yeah, Hoyer. Yeah, put him on. No one's going to pick him make, up. Make him, make him the emergency quarterback. 
Yeah, put him on the practice squad, save the roster spot, save the money. He's not. No one's going to pick him, Brian Hoyer. I, it's, again, Dave Ziegler. Like, come on, man. I get it. Soto gets it. Raider Nation gets it. Time for you to get it. I think we got it very early in the in the game too. We got it very early. This is what we need to do. This no is this is the, this Ryan is Hoyer. this is the this is the the progression of things that, that that's happening. This happened. You, you didn't want it to happen. You didn't wish for it to happen. You thought this was going to be your best chance to win. Brian Hoyer does not give you a better chance to win than Aiden O'Connell. It's just a matter of fact. Watching your eyeballs, watching the play, Aiden O'Connell is smart enough. He's quick enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. No. He has an he, he's shown a better arm than Jimmy Garoppolo. And we and people were, I mean, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see the bad arm. I didn't see the weak arm. Um, uh, he didn't have a laser, but his arm is plenty strong enough. In Raiders news, um, what day are we in the Chandler Jones watch? 13, 12? Well, look, Chandler Jones he watch? missed the last two weeks of uh of training camp. He played, he practiced on the Friday. When uh, he lost his mind. The when dead he went week Friday. That was the day before opening day. So we're in day like 20 something. Yeah. Of Chandler Jones watch. And we're, and it's a gift that keeps on giving or a, uh, a crap sandwich. We keep on eating, depending on how you look at it. He tweeted out. It's crazy how much he's tweeting out. He wrote like this guy has to be the most star for attention. World famous multimillionaire athlete I've ever met. He's writing novels. To nobody. But at least we're getting something because everyone else has been very tight-lipped. Um, first day out, if my fans and friends were wondering, I was taken in by Las Vegas Fire Department last week against my will. I was ejected with I don't know what. And he continued on about what it's like being in that facility. If you really want to read the whole thing, just go to his Twitter. This is one of the, the posts that didn't get deleted. And he's just going through insanity. It's so weird, but he's treating it so nonchalantly. So this was on the 25th and he just keeps tweeting. He got a Hunter Renfro Jersey for his mom. He retweeted Antonio Brown for whatever reason, because you know, he's the victim here as well. He retweeted or he posted a screenshot of the Wikipedia entry of Moses. Cause that's what you do. Kanye question mark, because that makes sense. And then he, hey, this is a weird one. Protect him or I run my mouth. And it's a photo of a Hunter Renfro Jersey. Protect Renfro or I run my mouth. Protect him from what? And then this one, just five hours ago, recording this Wednesday night, Coronas and Firewood. That's what I, that's what he needs to be doing. Is drinking. It's not getting any more sane, and yet he's posting more and more and more. Uh, last bit of little Raider news, uh, real quick. Malik Reed was added to the practice squad. Ed Rudger, he's had sixteen sacks in fifty nine games. 
only started 36. He's played with Denver and Pittsburgh. He's on our practice squad. And I guess it's like an, and tied with Chandler Jones. It's like, all right, here's just another body with, you know, semi-success. And again, like I, I look like with the Marcus Peters and other guys that we picked up last year, like, oh, he's so old. He's done, you know, he's over the hill. It's like, he's better than what we got. Like Malik Reed could start for us. That's how bad we've been, right? Tyree will, I, I take it back. Tyree Wilson, no matter how bad he is, is going to start the rest of the season because he's seventh overall pick. But Malik Reed could get serious reps just because there's nobody else. No one else is good. Yeah, it's what else are you going to do, you know? Honestly, it's it's a shame if Tyree Wilson does start the rest of the year just because he's the seventh overall pick. Because Malcolm Coons actually played pretty well while he was in there. Yeah. He showed a lot more. Ready to do some what a boy mags? Uh yes. Okay. Indiana Jones 5037. Staley stays. There's a video about how Brandon Staley is. Basically got himself fired because he's turned on the media. The one guy's keeping him around. Staley stays. Haters go cry. He'll win 11 to 13 games. They're one and two, by the way. He'll win 11 to 13 games. And you Raiders fans have the balls to talk. His words, not mine. Shit. When you haven't done, his words, not mine. Shit. And this is what you don't get, Indiana Jones. We want Brandon Staley to be the coach of the Chargers. I was, I was super bummed when he freaking melted down. I was rooting for the Chargers against the Vikings, right? Because it was 0-2 versus 0-2. You go 0-3 and there's no way you're making the playoffs. I was rooting for Brandon Staley because I want him to be head coach of the Chargers for the rest of my life. He is a cancer on that team. He is a top five talent roster. He's a defensive guru. Their defense is awful. You're, you're, you're misunderstanding. I'm not talking trash because I want him gone. I'm talking trash because I want him to stay. Please. I hope he gets 11 wins. That would be great if he stuck around. Mm -hmm. He honestly, that's what we wanted from the beginning. Uh, from Ryan Guns, 8300. This regime, regime. This regime is really, really good at taking players with high value and devaluing them to the point we can't get much for them. Carr, Waller, now Jones, Jacobs, and Renfro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chandler, they brought in Chandler Jones, so it's not like we were going to, you know, it's not like they, they took him and let him bounce. The Carr thing is weird. Like, we got nothing for him, but the way the contract was orchestrated was with that. That was the mind. plan from the beginning. That That's was why he mind. signed for so little. Cause he wanted we paid to him 25. Loose. We played a starting pro bowl quarterback, $25 million on a new contract in 2022. Two. That was, that was the payoff. It's like, all right, instead of getting you on a long-term contract where we can move on from you and get something, we're going to pay you peanuts and then go from there. So technically you're right, but it was a trade-off made on purpose. Whether it was the right or wrong decision, you can debate that or decide that. But, but it, was, it was done on purpose. Uh, Waller, stupid. Made him the highest paid tight end with two years left on a contract. That was dumb. Uh, Renfro just made him invisible. Which even if you're trying to trade Renfro, you'd think you'd like be forcing it to him or something instead of just having him die on the vine. 
And Jacobs is always tough because I've def- I I defended not picking up his fifth year option and then franchise tagging him because you're only dealing with like a million and a half, two million dollar difference. If they'd have gotten the uh, picked up the fifth year option, which I would have eviscerated them for, like why are you paying eight and a half million dollars for this running back? Um, and you still decide to franchise tag him, you're only costing yourself another million and a half, right? 8.5 mil to 10 mil. You're gambling with $1.5 million, which is nothing for the NFL salary cap. Nothing. Zero. And the NFL, that's not much. It's, it's, it's pennies. It's, it's to you and me, it's money we find in the cushions of our couch. The problem is, is like, okay, now we're going to pay him. Now we're going to pay him 12 million, 2 million more than we had to. Like that's where the screw up comes. And he wasn't going to take a long-term deal that I would have been comfortable with. He wanted a lot more. He wanted a lot more guaranteed. I think the total dollar amount was fine. It's the guarantee amount that was the issue. And the, I think he wanted that third year. Um, and they just weren't going to give it to him. And honestly, it is looking like they shouldn't now. Uh, I didn't realize this, but Ryan Guns, you're getting a twofer. Uh-oh. Soto, you got a shiner on your right eye. She closed her leg too her legs too fast. Um, a, never last week. I didn't have a black eye last week. Um, what's my right eye? Is this my right eye right here? I just have this me. like thing. I'm, I'm not sleeping well. I guess I don't know. <laughs> That's not a black eye. Okay. I don't know. Or she closed her legs too fast. She might have. Um. Uh, let me try to think. I don't know. I'll have to think back. Maybe it was too fast. I just, maybe I was, maybe I'm concussed. We'll put you in concussion protocol. Maybe that, that's what happened to Jimmy G. You can't do this weekend show. Uh, speaking of, we will do a, we, we knew we weren't going to get to the chargers Raiders pregame show. There was way too much to get to this week. So we'll do that. Probably Saturday, a live YouTube show, be there or be square. Any changes to Chandler Jones, any updates on Jimmy G, all that good stuff. We will let you know. Update on the swear jar. Soto, four bucks, four swears today. It was 3-3 coming in. And you loaded up 7-3 to three in the um, second. We're still in the first week of the swear jar. It's going to be a Rough. fun one. Well, before we go, I want to show a little something-something. Mm. We have a little... Keep your clothes on, Soto. We have a little store... The link's in the uh, in the description below. And uh, one of the things we have for sale is a T-shirt. Um, if you're familiar with the movie Super Troopers, this is a play off of the uh, Blu-ray DVD cover uh, with Autumn Windbags instead of Super Trooper. And there's Farva. There's our Farva, Aiden O'Connell. The only Farva with, that matters. With... Uh, the um, Lombardi Trophy in his glasses. Don't worry about the Lombardi trophies facing the opposite direction when they should be facing the same direction because it's the same image reflected off of the glasses. Don't worry about all that. Worry about the fact that it's a kick-ass shirt available in multiple colors. Uh, you can get this one. You can do a black baby, one. Baby blue. Black yeah, for slimming. You can do, right? You know, if, for, for great for uh oh, for um the, if you, for St. Patrick's Day. If you want to 
Glow Do in something the dark. for Christmas. A little something for Christmas. For, the, for those bloods Day. out there, there's a red yeah. blood. Yeah, so there's a lot of different things you can do out there. So we got a, we got a you, full store. If you want to know how you, as a fan, can support us and help us help bring you more slicker content, I'm not taking any money from this. RJ's not taking any money from this. We're putting all the money we're earning back into this this a podcast. So if you want to support, you want to get a cool T-shirt, this is just one of the designs we have. Go check it out. We have them on hoodies, sweatshirts, T-shirts, uh, women's T-shirts that are a little bit more tapered. We got mugs. Coffee we got mugs. Coffee thermoses. mugs. We got stickers. We got all kinds of stuff. So there's, a, there's a very specific stuff. Soto cum rag that we put it on that he was very that excited about. Is, very well documented. You got to make sure you get the, the, the good stuff. Yeah. The full polyester. Check it out, fellas. We think you'll like something in there. If you want to show your support? This is uh, one of the ways to do it. Until then. Knock on wood if you're with me.